Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Garoppolo under center. Offset eye behind him. Here's the snap. Play fake. Garoppolo has killed a wide open left side line of the 25. Down to the 20, 15, to the 10, down to the 5, into the end zone! Touchdown, George Kittle! And the 49ers are blowing out the Cardinals. Well, some games this year are really close and exciting all the way down to the wire. Some are not. Some games aren't. Some are not. We saw not. Last night from Mexico City as the 49ers dismantled the Arizona Cardinals 38-10. to 10. The show is PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at googlestore.com. Hello to our audience watching on Peacock, listening on Sirius XM 85, watching tape delayed because Chris has a potty mouse on – or a potty mouth. Potty mouse and a potty mouth on Sky Sports NFL. And hi to everybody who is listening whenever they want to, if they want to, and we appreciate if you do – via podcast hey welcome back it's welcome. A weird it's a different week this week because last week. week we were together on monday right i'm glad i'm glad i avoided you this monday oh well don't worry you're not going to avoid the conversation i mean there's two things first off your hair looks <laughs> your hair looks extra puffy today i don't know what's going on there it's like, i don't know what happened uh, i don't know what's going you on look like you're going into a, a 50s band it's like you and huey lewis or something about to hit the <laughs> football family fonzie <laughs> and then uh, you know, we were, you were talking about blowouts last night and things, and uh, just kind of wanted to know how, you know, your son, the uh, Cowboys good luck charm, did up there in Minnesota <laughs> for <Yeah>. that blowout. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the horseshoe has fallen out of the ass from Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> Apparently, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yes. Had a good time. I, I was getting some. Other than they, the game. had a good time, except yeah. for the except for the three hours that the game was happening. Right. <laughs> I was getting some text messages of resignation and despair, and I need to find another team. I need to find my own team. I, I wasn't going to explain to him. There's a point where it's like disowning your family. It's too late. It's not impossible to do. 
We've seen examples of adults who have disowned their family, some in the sports world, some in football. But we, but but it's hard to do. I'll just say it's hard to do. And uh, I, yeah, he's so in too I told deep. Him, Go for it. Go for it. He's 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 calmed down. It was difficult. It was their worst loss at home since your guy JFK was president. That's how long it had been since they had lost that badly That's at home. Bad. October 6, 1963, just weeks before the conspiracy that you're infatuated with. I guess infatuation implies that it's short term. You've been obsessed with it right. for years. Right. It it happened after the last time the Vikings lost that badly at home. 56 to 14 to the Cardinals who were on the wrong end of last night's 38 to 10 blowout. That's the last time the Vikings lost that badly. And they were favored by two and a half points in that game when they lost 56 to 14. So you never know what's going to happen. The one good thing, and I said this yesterday, I want to be extra appreciative of it because Jim Nance set this up. I've known J- Jim Nance for several years now. They they brought Alex and one of his friends. The other one was in the bathroom, so it sucked for him. They brought him to the booth at halftime. Wow. And, and you know, these guys got shit to do at halftime. Literally and figuratively. I mean, they got they got like 12 minutes, and the last thing they want to do is hang around and talk to somebody they don't know. So, uh, Alex, I think that that visit with Jim Nance and Tony Romo made up for almost yeah. the rest of the experience. They they were they were blown away by that, and those guys were really nice to them, and and that that's that you know that scores points with Dad. That's for sure. But, yeah, they're good yeah, guys. It's, I mean. It's like it's had like I was thinking maybe they'd run into each other on the field before the game or whatever the case. Oh damn! Yeah, you really set Alex up. Alex had the first class treatment for a pregame pass, except for uh, the game. Uh, uh, except for the game. Wow! Yeah. All right. So he got the red carpet treatment there. All right. So wait, two things here. You chose the Minnesota Vikings because they were good and because everybody around you in your life liked the Pittsburgh Steelers growing up. Alex decided to go the other route and follow his parents. And follow his father down the wormhole of Minnesota Vikings, not win that muchville. Okay, and then well, and <laughs> well, no, but he did, but he resisted at first. It was okay. the 2009 NFC Championship game, the bounty game, allegedly or right. actually or otherwise, where he got the hook set. And I really do think that going through the despair that Vikings fans would have experienced in that moment, where it feels like you're going to the Super Bowl, and it's snatched away from you in part because Brett Favre threw that awful crossbody throw when they were in field goal range right after they had 12 men in the huddle coming out of a timeout. Thanks a lot, Brad Childress. But I think that that moment of having your, you know, heart ripped out and shown to you, once you put your heart back in, I feel like it makes the bond stronger with the team, which is a weird sort of dynamic, but I think it does. Because then you become determined to witness the other side of a, of a moment like that. Okay. All right. I, I understand that. I do. I do. All right. So, wait. If, if there was, like, a team that he was going to just ditch the Vikings for, who would that be? Who, I have no have idea. A lean? You got no lean I, there? I have all right. no idea. All right. All right. I have no idea. Maybe maybe the Chiefs, maybe the Patriots. Right. I, you know. You know. Be, I, I, I said, go ahead and be a front runner. Go ahead. Because you will find – that no matter what team you root for, even if you can accomplish this transformation, you're still going to have games that you lose. You're miserable. You're not right. going to go 17-0. You're not going to win the Super Bowl every single year. It's going to crash and burn on you far more often than not. And in the case of some fan bases, far more often than ever, 
You're going to deal with it every single year, and there's going to be new and creative ways to have your heart ripped out and shown to you all Mamshiba style. That's just the way it is. But I don't know. There's a certain comfort in the misery, those feelings of, oh, God. it. I don't know. That takes you back as much as the feelings of, oh, wow, they're actually going to do something. But why? Why would you do this? I was 10 years old, December 28, 1975, and it's Boom. fitting because – it was a week after the Vikings had gone to Buffalo and beat the Bills. Boom. They came back and played the Cowboys. Wow. It wasn't a blowout, but as – look, that's a reminder because it was funny. The final score was 40-3 to on Sunday, and I had been saying at the end of the Bills game when it looked like the Bills were going to win after the stop on fourth and goal and after this and after that, I'd, I'd rather lose by 40. And I, I got a chance to – experience losing by 37 on Sunday, but it's still that, that hurts worse to have a win snatched away from you at the last second. And I was, I was the only time I ever cried about a sporting event. I was 10. I cried about a lot of stuff when I was 10, but I was completely and totally devastated by that moment. So thank you so much control room for playing it whenever you can yeah, and good. Shireen's been sticking it to me she's been sticking it to me every chance she can get the past two days <laughs> well she's supposed to mention in the hell mary she's kind of a cowboys fan and kind of yeah right oh, not yeah. kind of yeah not right. kind of well good you you ate it they, your team won't be the number one team in the power rankings that's for sure not this week <laughs> well no that's no <laughs> No, uh, no, the Giants but, won't be either. <laughs> no, they definitely won't. They definitely won't. All right, so let's go. Let's get into last night. Let's talk about that other team that got their ass whooped this yes. weekend, the Arizona I, Cardinals. I love it. I love it when somebody's on the wrong end of a blowout that supplants the blowout that I was previously. That's It's one of these more bright, shiny objects, more, more specifically more bright, shiny blowouts. Just let's have more blowouts to except until Thursday night, which I think we'll be talking about it plenty tomorrow. I think it could happen again if they don't get their act together quickly. The Cardinals need to get their act together. They are uh, not good this year. They're 5-12. They're and 12. Is it 5-12 and 12 since they started last year? 10-2? and two? I think it is. They're yeah, just not there. good. And they don't have to worry about a collapse this year. Congratulations, Cliff can't finish. You couldn't start this year. Or finish, and they're at the point where they basically have to run the table. And even then, who knows? They, can they? You're they're four and seven, right? Four, I, the bye weeks mess me up. I think they're four and seven. Yeah, they are. You've won four games. You're not going to go six and zero. Oh. It's like the Packers the other night. Hey, we can win all six. You've won four out of eleven. How are you going to suddenly win six? Now watch, they'll suddenly win six. But the 49ers are becoming the team, Chris, that we've believed they can be. Although you did pick the Cardinals to cover, and for that I am very thankful. <laughs> they are a team that can beat the crap out of you. Yes. They and and if they get everything clicking, they're unstoppable because they've got balance when everything's clicking. When Jimmy Garoppolo isn't shooting the team in the foot with some stupid ass mistake that you know he's gonna make at some point in the playoffs, but but they're when it doesn't happen, you get 38 to 10 over a division rival. Yeah, I mean, we, we can sit here and talk about the Cardinals, and yeah, it's not good, and it hasn't been a good year. But I think, that, you know, what you're talking about, Mike, is the, the story of the night last night. We saw, we saw a team that I think put everybody on notice for the first time all year where it was like, hey, hey, no, 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 we're, we're not just going to win here. We're not, we're not just good. We're, we're elite. We have things about our football team that are going to give problems, and we don't care who you are in the NFL. It's not easy to win by 28 points in the NFL, let alone 28 points and 
the majority of your starters are on the sidelines with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's stuff that happens in high school, college, I mean, when, you, when you just totally overmatch a football team. And that's what we saw last night. There's just – there is, Mike. You said a great, great balance on the offensive side of the ball. Garoppolo's playing very well right now. I think last night was probably the first full showcase of Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, all the different – binds and issues that Shanahan's going to put you in. And then we know the defense and how dominant and physical they are. And again, they're not even healthy yet. You know, they don't even have Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw back yet. I mean, watch out when that happens. But they just have a lot of ways to beat you, Mike, like you're talking about. And they, even though Garoppolo's arm's not big or a huge arm, they're one of those teams that make you defend a lot of the field because of the way Shanahan stresses you out with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey. And, man, they can make your head spin. So that was uh, one of the more impressive wins, I thought, of the NFL season last night by the San Francisco 49ers. 387 total yards, and it was all spread around. Christian McCaffrey had over 100 from scrimmage, split between 39 yards rushing and 67 receiving. Debo Samuel, 57 receiving and 37 yards rushing. They just make it happen. And George Kittle getting his opportunities. I think he was getting a little frustrated. He only had four catches, but he had two touchdowns. When you see Travis Kelsey doing what he's doing, and we know the skills that George Kittle has, they just haven't been able to get him the ball. Brandon Ayuk adds a couple of touchdowns. It was a big night across the board for the 49ers, and it was a glimpse of what they can be as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is the good version of himself and Mr. Hyde doesn't come out and screw things up. But that's the thing, Chris, we've seen it so many times. It's not like we can just assume it's never going to happen. These teams that had these blowout wins, like Jerry Jones was talking about the Cowboys, oh, this we be a Super Bowl team. Yeah, but that team isn't going to show up. That team that showed up on Sunday in Minnesota, one of these games is going to be on a milk cart. They're just, they're just not going to play that way every week that's the one thing we have to well sure to learn and it's hard because this is the most recent thing we've seen so we assume they will continue to do it every week we know that they're not going to do it every week no that there are going to be lapses so just enjoy it i guess if you're a fan of the 49ers enjoy that you had it last night but they're not going to ride this out it's just a glimpse it's a vision it's an image of what happens when it does fall together against a team that in many respects and at various points of the game didn't really seem like it gave a crap well, yeah, well, definitely at the end of the game. I mean, we could talk about that in a few minutes. They, they, they were a beaten puppy at the end of the football game. They gave up. They threw in the white towel. That's for sure. No, I mean, you're right, Mike. I mean, is it going to be – we going to see those type of consistent performances from them? No, probably not. But I think it shows you, like, with the Cowboys, the potential team that, you know, it's, it's – whoa, this is what they can do when they put it all together on a, a certain day. And, you know, we've seen – Teams that you know, do have that magic when they get to the playoffs, it's like th- those type of games, they start to put them together on a consistent basis. We've seen the 49ers are capable of that. We saw it a little last year. We saw it the year they went to the Super Bowl. So uh, th- that, that, you know, that to me is the exciting thing. And then the fact that you know, we're just at the, in the infancy stages here of this offense still. You know, now Shanahan's going to can be able to continue to play. And, you know, you talked about Jer- George Kittle and the fact that they haven't got him the ball. Well, it's coming, you know, what he's doing. He's working McCaffrey and Samuel, McCaffrey and Samuel. 
It's going to get to a point where defenses are going to go, damn, we got to do a lot to take away McCaffrey and Samuel. And then you're going to have the night like you kind of saw last night where it's going to be, whoa, they're so worried about those guys, George Kittle. Oh, wait, now let me get to that part of the game plan. I got that. All right, now I know teams like to do this and this to defend Samuel and McCaffrey. And now he'll go to that part of the playbook where, okay, let me screw him over with George Kittle because they're overplaying you know, the McCaffrey, Debo, Samuel stuff. And I, I think that's where he'll continue, Shanahan, to gather information about how teams are defending some of this stuff, how they're going to stop it. And when they go all in on stopping that, this is where Shanahan's great. He's got something else to go, well, you've gone too all in on that. I have something else over here now to make that look really bad and stupid. And I think that's where we're going to get to go here with San Francisco, Mike. Let alone, I, I still can't. The fact that they're missing two of the better defensive tackles in football and they're still playing like that on defense, you just go, what, what might they look like in two or three weeks if they continue on this you know, upward trajectory? It's becoming a pick-your-poison type of an offense. That's right. The key right. is keeping all those guys healthy. Yeah. That is the other trend. Two trends that that should concern 49ers fans as they're celebrating this 38-10 to 10 win. One, Jimmy Garoppolo is eventually going to do a Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Can the team overcome that? And two, will there be injuries to enough key players that it reaches a critical mass and it just keeps you from winning? You end up losing to the Falcons 28-14. to 14. That's the thing that you have to be on guard for. You mentioned Armstead and Kinlaw. And Dominican Sue told me after his debut with the Eagles that it came down to Philly and San Francisco that the 49ers wanted him, and he chose the Eagles. And it just shows you that they understand they need to shore up. This is the time of the year where the teams that are in position to maybe reach for the brass ring start adding some reinforcements yeah. to make the the effort to stretch out their arm a little more effective. And the Eagles ended up getting both Sue and Linval Joseph at a time when the 49ers are still waiting for those guys to come back. But you're right, when they do come back, that defense is going to be – even scary. They, scary. they have shut out their opponents in the second half for three straight weeks, it's, Chris. It's, 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 that's what I mean. I mean, it's the number one defense in football by 17 yards right now. We know it's one of the top scoring defenses in football. It's number four. I mean, again, and then you add in two tree trunks in the middle. Eric Armstead has to take – I mean, he's, all pro, he's an all-pro. He's a pro bowler. Kinlaw is a guy that has pro bowl potential. That's where, you know, again, we get in the 49ers and they're 6-4. and four. Now they're finally in the lead for the NFC West. But I, I think this is one of those teams, Mike, we've been talking about it a lot, that uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we were sitting here at the end of the year going, hey, they're 12-5 they're and five, or, you know, they're 11-6 and six, and they're, you know, one of the best teams in football. Everything's going that way. And, Mike, I think off of what you said just a few minutes ago, because I'm, I'm with you, the number one scare in the world is Jimmy Garoppolo doing Jimmy Garoppolo things. But I, I, I will say this. We have to defend the guy here. It's been less Jimmy Garoppolo-ish moments this year. I will say that. There's been less of the, wait, what the hell did he just do? We got that out of our system early in the Denver game a little bit and when he was kind of getting back in the flow in those first two starts. But after that... It's been somewhat consistent. I got to say it's been, I think, one of the better stretches of play that I, I can remember him having with at least the 
whoa, he's making some plays and not doing things where you go, wait, did you just start playing last night or have you been playing for 10 years? This is crazy. And, and I think that is encouraging, too, about what we're seeing here the last few weeks from Jimmy Garoppolo. Because they didn't just totally dominate everybody with the run the last few weeks. They had to rely on him a little bit, and I think that's at least encouraging. He, he's on his A game, Mike. He's kind of like the long snapper of quarterbacks, wherein you don't notice him when he does his job well. You only notice him when he sails one over the head. <laughs> yeah, <him>. right. <laughs> because because he never comes out and makes a Josh Allen throw. No, no. He nope. never comes out and makes a Patrick Mahomes play where he's running around hair on fire and never. then right. whizzes its sidearm to somebody. It's all very basic meat and potatoes, running the offense the way it's designed, like a robot, like the the quarterback in the Madden game, and Kyle Shanahan is on the sideline with the controller right. making it happen, and we know that's what he always wants in his offense and his quarterback anyway. Here he is after the game praising Jimmy Garoppolo for how he is currently running that Shanahan offense. I, mean, I think Jimmy's doing a great job. Uh, I, I think Jimmy always has. Um, when, when Jimmy's um, been healthy out there, we've had our guys around him. I think he plays at a very high level, um, and I think he did that today as good as he has. So very, very fortunate to have him. Yeah, they're fortunate to have him because Trey Lance broke his ankle week two. What a crazy chain of events. If they would make it to the Super Bowl this year with Jimmy Garoppolo, right. how that all happened. He was done. It was over. They basically said it. And then they couldn't find a trade partner, and they got freaked out by Trey Lance not reaching his potential, not showing them enough in training camp and preseason to make them feel good about where they were. So screw it. Let's just pay him more than anybody else is willing to pay him, and let's keep him, make him the backup. And in the second game of the season, he became the starter, and here we go from there. So it's, it's a great story. I love a great story. It's a great story. Let me ask you this. Though. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this earlier. Right. Right now, right yeah. now, 49ers versus Seahawks, who would you take to win? I would take the 49ers. I right would. now. Yeah. Okay. 49ers versus Buccaneers right now, who would you take to win? Mm, I'm going to take the 49ers as well. I am. Yeah, Bucks are, are starting to look versus... good, but not, 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 not that good. I haven't seen them look like that, like that team we saw last night yet. Your Giants right now. I'm definitely a, a rematch of the 1990 game when they were both 10 and one. Who yeah. are you taking right I'm now? I'm going to take the 49ers for sure. The the, the 49ers okay. are in another level of like a different class to me in talent than the New York Giants. So that's what I would say. And you know I, I love the Giants. I skipped over the Vikings because I don't want to give you the satisfaction. 49ers against the Cowboys right now. Right now, mm. based on what we saw from the Cowboys this weekend. Hmm. That's a close one. I I really look at the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers, and like I look at them as the same class. I'd probably take the 49ers. I would, but it that, that would it really make me think. It's a coin flip at this point. I don't feel totally comfortable. If you told me Armstead and Javon Kinlaw were playing and they were you know had a game or two under the belt, I wouldn't. Right now. I, I know I wouldn't hesitate, but right. I hesitate right now. now, and I would probably take the 49ers still, but. Um. Yeah, it would be. I would be scared. I, I don't think that's the greatest matchup for the Cowboys. Again, the 49ers, the brilliance of their team, Mike, like we've talked about, they're rare in that they have size. They're gonna be a. They're gonna be able to push around that Cowboys D line, and they're rare that they're a team with size that has a tremendous amount of speed. Right. You what we every game we've watched here as of late, everybody's like, whoa, they're fast. Whoa, they're fast. Whoa, they're fast. So that's where they're a little rare, and I think they have a little advantage on a Cowboys team that way. Around any corner, 
Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Okay, last one then. Yeah. 49ers, Eagles, right now. See, I'd take the 49ers right now over the Eagles. Right now. Yeah. Because the Eagles have been sluggish. Sure, yeah, no doubt. Something, Something's off a little bit. If they would cross paths right now, we know they're not going to. But, you know, people are saying, well, if the playoffs or if the season ended today, so we can have some fun with hypotheticals too. If they were to play right now, if the playoffs started today, if the NFC Championship game or divisional round was today and these two teams play, I'd probably take the 49ers right 49ers now. 49ers give them some issues. The 49ers defense – is going to be more similar to the way the Colts play and going to I would have a hard time thinking the Eagles would just gash the 49ers defense let alone they have the speed to you know corral of hurts on the edge and then hey we're still concerned about the Eagles ability to stop the run right uh, I I Mike Right now, I'd probably still take the Eagles, but it's close. It's really close, and I think the 49ers are gaining some ground really quickly and I think are every bit in that class. And I, I know we both have been talking about this. I think people are finally starting to see this, that yeah, as far as the upper echelon of teams in football, uh, the 49ers are there for me. And, I, and I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw them versus the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and saw a rematch. I mean, the way it stands right now and the way those two teams look. I think there's a very real chance we could be going right back down to, what was that, Super Bowl 57? What the hell year was it, 656? 57? No, we haven't had 57 Oh, yet. I mean 54. 54. <laughs> right. 54 in Miami, right before the world turned upside right. down. It was the 57. Chiefs turning the 49ers upside down, down 10 points with seven minutes left, and they somehow won that game. So it would be an opportunity for the 49ers for a little revenge against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, would. Let's flip it around. And it really look, they were four and four and we were saying these things. Yeah, it was that's weird right. Because oh they're four and four. But we knew. We knew what was lurking, especially with Christian McCaffrey on board and now they're getting him up to speed. And again, you got to keep those guys healthy. If you keep them healthy, that is the difference for the 49ers. Because once you just that one extra guy, there's that one, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. They can't get it done the way that they want to. All right. The Cardinals just can't get it done at all. Colt McCoy, I respect the fact that he just kept going. He yeah. was getting banged around. A little bit. And he, he he never gave up. He never quit. He had some teammates who maybe did. We'll talk <laughs> about that. But, you know, I, there really wasn't anything there. Like, was there ever a moment that something happened that you got excited about last night for the Cardinals? There never really was anything. I know they had a touchdown, and Greg Dorch. Yeah, Dorch, that was it. He's he, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's 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 uh, he has to feel good about how he did last night. He had his first 100-yard receiving game of his career, but I, I it's just nothing about that team that gets you jazzed. That even you know, and I'm not sure that I would have been excited if Kyler Murray had played. Hey, Chris, yeah. I sent you the clip. Hey, they, they were they were going after Kyler. You think? In the Monday night countdown. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald. I, I, I think Larry Fitzgerald has the potential to be great on TV if he's willing to say anything. 
He's never willing to say anything. And I'm sorry to say that, but that's an example of what you have to be. You got to be willing to say things. You got to be interesting. You got to take a position. You can't map out the safe ground on every issue. That's right. You can't be neutral. You can't be Switzerland to be good on TV. You got to be willing to say stuff especially and when the, yeah. run the risk of right. people getting pissed off at you. Right. That's life. If you're going to be on TV and you're going to entertain and inform people, you got to say stuff. He's never said anything until last night. He said some things last night. Now he's things, yeah, right. But he made he made his point. He yeah. made his point, and it meshes with things we've heard. Yeah, that's right. Why that's did he come back? Right. Why was he done? Done. This is new. This and it it may not be specific to Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's just kind of like I'm getting a little old, and these young guys are getting really young, and I don't, you know, they're not they're not yeah. wired the way that maybe they need to be. Right. And whether it's the guy that we're talking about now or the guy that we're going to be talking about next segment. You got to wonder whether there's a maturity issue with some of these young quarterbacks yeah. that's rubbing the more established professionals the wrong way, Chris. I, I, I do I do think that's a real question. I mean, you and I have both heard those rumors for over a year now. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, then, yeah, what he said kind of furthers those thoughts along that, yeah, the leadership, accountability, those type of issues are somewhat real with Kyler Murray. Patrick Peterson you know, taking a few shots a few weeks ago. I mean, the, those are things that, you know, usually, again, there, there's some truth behind what, what's going on there. So, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, that was a full segment of kind of dissecting Kyler Murray, the person, the leader there. Uh, and just it's a tip of the iceberg with the Cardinals and the issues they have right now. I mean, it, it's across the board. Yeah, Kyler Murray, leadership, all those things in question. Head coach, same damn thing, along with creativity. And, yeah, they're not fun to watch because, what, they can't run the ball unless Kyler Murray breaks some crazy run. They, they can't run. And then their passing game, as you've heard me say for three years now, it's as simple as it gets. It just It's simple. Yeah, they're in the shotgun. Whoop-de-doo. What they do is there's nothing creative off of that. Defensive system, line has, system system yeah it's the college coach thing exactly system. right Mike. I'm running my You're system exactly right running your system but yeah your system's got to change you got to draw some plays in the dirt according to who you're playing you know these guys are there's no school there's no NCA rules D'Amico Ryan's and Shanahan were in the school of we're going to kick the shit out of the Cardinals this week and let's figure out how we're going to stop it so that's where it just lacks answers and that's where it lacks you know. You know, in, intrigued to watch them at times, and uh, yeah, they were they were a beaten puppy last night. They hung in there for a little while, but when it was late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, they were they were done. They had seen enough of the 49ers and the physicality, and they were hit out, and they were going to just let George Kittle run up the sideline for a touchdown. Go ahead, I'm sick of hitting you. I mean, that was a pretty unbelievable moment we saw there. Well, it was, and look, business decision or just my will has been broken. Yeah. But when you see Antonio Antonio Hamilton just pass on the opportunity to just try to push the guy out of bounds, right, right? It wasn't even I've got to go bull in the ring with George Kittle or head ons like they used to do in football practice. You've just got a chance to knock him out of bounds, and you just pull up. That that's what happens when you just have. Nothing left, not from a physical standpoint, but just from a will standpoint. Yeah. He had every opportunity to just shove him out of bounds, and he just and he gave up on it. And uh, that, that's, that, that does not speak well to overall mindset, preparation, focus, accountability. And, and this is why 
your quarterback has to be the person held the most accountable in the organization, just like Parcells used to do with your dad, like Tom Brady used to have happen to him with Bill Belichick. If you hold the quarterback to a relentlessly high standard and call him out nonstop, you have the credibility to call out anybody. No doubt. Anytime no doubt. they don't give effort, anytime they do something stupid pre-snap. Once it all starts, who knows? I mean, stuff happens, but pre-snap mistakes. Other things that you just look at and say, what the hell? Are you a professional or not? It's easier to do that if the quarterback lives up to that standard and is held to that standard. And I think in Arizona, he doesn't live up to it. He's not held to it. So you get moments like that when George Kittle gets a free path to the touch uh, to the end zone when Antonio Hamilton could have just pushed him out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's definitely speaks a little bit to the culture right now and where they are as a football team and, you know, not fighting for your teammate and just the overall cause and everything there. You know, we see a 49er team that's got a bunch of kamikazes running around the football field and throwing their bodies everywhere. And every game, every time you turn the game on or anybody that's announcing it, Troy Aikman, Chris Collinsworth last week, all they can talk about is how amazing they look in person, how physical they are, how fast they are, all of those issues. Um, and that's good culture. But Arizona, yeah, we've questioned a number of things there over the last year. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the coach-quarterback relationship. And that's what we're kind of you know, scrutinizing there. But you know, it, it, it's, it's that, let alone a team that doesn't have the things we always talk about to be good, Mike, too. So then what, we don't have an offensive line that can really like dominate. And we got to kind of find ways to sometimes hide them a little bit. And then the defensive line the same way. There's no blue-chip player there that we've talked about a lot. J.J. Watt's still good, but there's no superstar. They got some, hey, Zach Allen's a good player, but not a superstar. You know, so they're, they're out man there against a team, the, 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 the better teams in football, and the 49ers, the Eagles, they can't match up against the size and physicality of those teams up front. Nobody makes a play. So they got a little bit of it all right now in Arizona. And, uh, yeah, they got to reassess where they are as, a, as kind of a franchise because, I mean, you're right. There's no way they're going to win six in a row. It's, it's over. And they're, you know, just hopefully going to be able to salvage another few wins here for the year and, and just make the record look respectable. When they got blown out back in week one by the Kansas City Chiefs, head coach Cliff Kingsbury said something along the lines of, we need better practice habits. We need better yeah, urgency. Right. Well, that trail of breadcrumbs traces right back to Cliff Kingsbury. And effort on the field, it traces back to Cliff Kingsbury. And again, this experiment with the college coach who had never had any pro coaching experience, except for maybe when he was in the NFL as a backup quarterback and was involved and saw what they did in New England for a brief period of time. But this is what you get. This is the Matt Rule. This is the guy that doesn't really know year in and year out, how they make the sausage for an NFL team, how to prepare for an opponent versus working on your system, trusting your great athletes to go out and be great. doesn't matter. My great athletes are going to be go be great. Well, it does matter because they got some great athletes too. And Chris, to your point about the 49ers, I remember three years ago, this was something that I said about how they have assembled a group of roughnecks who will roll out of bed and kick your ass. Yes. In an age when you don't have full contact practice on a regular basis, right. you don't have tackling to the ground, you don't have that level of physicality that's wired into you constantly because the NFL is promoting in 
the respects that it can, maximum health and safety. So you need guys who can flip the switch. Boom. Go go run into that wall. Boom. Go run into that wall. Exactly. Oh, wait. Okay, we're stopping for five days. But five days from now, I'm going to expect you to go run into that wall. And they just do it. And and that's that's that gives them now it gets them injured. Yeah, exactly that's the reason right. why I say you get a right. certain number of injuries and you you can't do it. But they've got that mindset. They draft, and this is where maybe John Lynch, having his mentality from when he was playing, that he can spot guys who think like him, the George Kittles of the world that can roll out of bed and go run into a wall and ask no questions and make no complaints. That's why they're great. They have a very inherently physical and tough team in an age where the, the day in and day out grind doesn't doesn't require right doesn't breed it. You just have to have it when you show up at the door. Yeah, uh, Mike, you you said a lot of things that are I, I think spot on. You know, one they play a style of football that's it's it's kind of rare for football in the NFL right now in 2022. You know. The good teams, for the most part, we see more of the Mahomes, Josh Allen approach with that. You, know, you take the teams like the 49ers and you know the Tennessee Titans, they play old school football. So I think that catches teams off guard right off the bat where they're like, whoa, wait, they're pulling guards like every play and you know, block down, block down, trap this guy. Like, what, what is this? We just we played five weeks in a row of throw it here, throw it here, chase the screen here, chase the screen there. I mean, so that's where they have a, a great advantage, let alone Mike. I, I mean, I think you're spot on. You know, first off, Shanahan's a psycho. He's a psycho and has an eye for those guys. And Lynch is a psycho, was a psycho, and was put on earth to be one of those guys you're talking about. It was a safety who had no hesitation. And that's the word that I've always heard come from those two guys right there. You know, and Shanahan and I have had conversations over the years about players and things like that. That's the word that I think you're refer referring to here as well that, that makes them special. When he evaluates a player, free agency, draft, whatever, hesitation is a big part of his evaluation. Does this guy, when he see the hole, does he hesitate? Or does he go and go, I'm going like a bat out of hell. Same for the linebackers, the defensive linemen. And you're right. Then they have a John Lynch there who knows what that player looks like too. And they've created a culture of guys that are kamikaze. And if you don't fit in in that, see you later. Oh, you're not hitting the hole hard anymore? Oh, Matt Breida? Oh, see you later. Bye, bye. Oh, wait, you're not doing it? Oh, bye, see you later. I mean, they just they don't, they don't play that game. And, and to your point, I think that's what makes them a lot of fun to watch. Well, and to get back to the point we were making about the Cardinals and Antonio Hamilton hesitating yeah. as George Kittle right. ran right by him. Here's Buda Baker after the game talking about whether or not he thought everyone played hard until the end. We know the answer, but it's it's still significant to hear somebody from the inside say it. Here he is. I feel like guys played till the end, played hard till the end. No, I don't, but that's... Uh, I just, no, no, you know. Is it tough to say this late in the season? Yeah, it's very tough to say, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all grown men. Um, you know, women lie, men lie, that film never lies. So whatever the, the film says is, is what it is. You know, I'd like to do something here. Can, and you're not going to know where I'm going with this. Can we run that again? 
And I'm gonna st- I'm gonna say when I, to stop. I know it. when you're can gonna stop. Can we run stop. it again? I know when you you know what I'm stop. gonna do? Yeah. Let's run it again. You're gonna stop it when you see them run it again. smiling you know in the what background. I want. You I feel like guys play yes. till the end. Hard Here it end. is. No. Watch. Watch for Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Watch. When they come out the door, you just got your asses splattered all over the field in Mexico City. Okay, there's Kyler, and then let it keep going. Let it keep going. I, I'm su- I'm not surprised by Kyler. I'm surprised by the next guy. And and now now look, you're still human beings and you got to react. And it's not that you should be walking around all glum. But this is the point Rodney Harrison and I talk about all the time. After the game, you see guys trading jerseys. You see guys happy. If you just got your ass kicked, you should not be happy about anything. And I don't mean that to make this personal to DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe Kyler Murray just told the funniest joke he'd ever heard. But there's a certain demeanor. When you lose like that, the fans feel it. They want the players to show it too. And it's something that my son can relate to. All the time he spent going to Minnesota to watch that game, and he's all fired up. If he had seen video coming out of the locker room, a guy's in there smiling and laughing it up after getting the shit kicked out of them, that's just not a good look. And no, I know that, that, you know, the. They're in, they're in their private space, and they are human, and they're allowed to turn it off and, and, and deal with it. And it just – when I saw that, Chris, and it's, it's, it sounds like it flicked for you too. Yeah. It just got to be 38 to 10. I don't, know, I don't know what you're laughing and smiling about and acting like you won 38 to 10 in the locker room about. Yeah, well, you, you got to be careful. You got to show respect for the game in, in that kind of manner there. And, and I mean, you're right. Hey, listen, they're human. I get as the that. guy's talking about, as he's well, talking about, guys not trying, not caring. That, there it is. It's yeah. the perfect juxtaposition. Right. Well, and it's it's a guy that you know cares and and doesn't back down ever and has zero hesitation in Buda Baker. He's one of those guys right. that we talked about with the Forty right. ers really. And yeah, again, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about this again in another segment too. But yeah, there's a certain you know level of respect you got to show everybody after a loss like that. You know, one, yeah, you want to show as a, profession, a professional that you're disappointed and that's not acceptable. And you want to make sure you're showing other young guys that are impressionable in the locker room that it's not acceptable for us just to be joking and laughing and doing all that again. Okay, maybe you get in the back of the bus with your best buddy back there and now you have a joke and you're not in front of the whole team and, yeah, maybe you have a little laugh quietly. Okay, that goes on. That's Like you said, they're humans. But in the public forum there... You know, one, yeah, you just want to show that respect for the overall game and the effort certain guys did put in, you know, the effort you put in and you're disappointed, the coaches, and, you know, showing the respect to them that, man, this meant a lot, and I know you guys put a lot of effort in and we lost. Uh, So that's where it's just not a good look. Uh, And and I'm with you there, and I'd have a hard time thinking that if, you know, we saw Tom Brady or – a Josh Allen or a Mahomes in that kind of setting right there, walking out with their receivers behind an interview, I, I, and they just lost 38 to 10, I, I don't think you would see any of that right there at all. I don't. Yeah, I think you'd see a guys that are genuinely pissed off, and you know if they are trying to kind of swipe it under the radar or under the rug or whatever, the, and 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 turn the corner and be happy, they're going to act like they're pissed off anyways because they know that's the right thing to do and show for the team. So, uh, yeah, it's not a great look, Mike. I, I hear you, especially the team leaders. They're watching the team leaders. And yeah, we've heard stories over the years about the mood on the plane on the way back from a devastating loss. Is it is it jovial or is it? subdued 
How are guys dealing with the fact that you just got destroyed by an opponent? These are all relevant topics because it shows who really cares and who really doesn't. And for the fans out there who are investing their time, their money, their loyalty, their spare time thinking about it, they want to see that the players care as much as they do. The reality is they don't. Not, I mean, not across the board. They're less likely to because they didn't, in most cases, choose to be part of that team. It's their job, and, and you know, they, it's not healthy to be obsessed with it as many fans are. But the thing that draws the fans in, I think the fans want to see some of that same passion from their players. And they don't want to see guys yucking it up in the locker room after they just got beat. 38 to 10 that's for sure and uh it just look I, I i don't i don't want to be unfair to kyler murray and deandre hopkins but still i just expect yeah it gets at the point i was making about roddy and i talk about this it, it started with seeing images of guys swapping jerseys after the game and the guy whose team lost with the big smile I mean, Rodney's attitude is if you just get your ass beat, you go to the locker room. You don't go out there and hang around and and yuck it up and act like you didn't just get your ass beat. And I thought of it after the Bills-Vikings game because there was a picture of Dalvin Cook and James Cook, the two brothers who play for the different teams. Dalvin with the Vikings, James with the Bills. There was a picture of them with their mother, and they were holding up each other's jerseys. Dalvin's got the big smile. James was not as happy. he should. Right. James looked miserable he did, right. as he should. Yeah. And that's what you want to see in a jersey swap. One guy well, first of all, you don't want to see the jersey swap at all because the guy who lost should should take his jersey and the rest of himself to the locker room. That's Rodney's position. But if he's gonna hang around for a pre arranged jersey swap, the guy whose team lost should look like James Cook ten out of ten times. Yeah. Miserable. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, again, uh, you know. there it is. Well done. Well done, control room. You said they didn't it even right. know I was going to mention that. James is miserable and Dalvin's happy. That's the way it should be. So all those guys in the Cardinals locker room last night should have been miserable. Uh, you know, I, 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 that's our point. I, I don't I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't. And, you know, more times than not, the great players are are disappointed and, and truly hurt after a loss like that last night. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, 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 and I national TV it. can't hide, can't hide that one in a cluster of one o'clock games. That was an ass kicking that you took when everyone who cares about the NFL was watching. All the more reason, all the more you're exposed as fraudulent. Last year was a fluke. You got issues in the organization. What's who's the quarterback? Who's the right quarterback for this team? Who's the right coach for this team? Last night should have been doom and gloom in that locker room. Yeah, Frank. definitely. You lose to a division rival that way, right? And pretty much put the kibosh and on you're done for the most part. You're yeah. done. Right. You are done. And I'm even more convinced that they're done by seeing the you know, that guys video. laughing and you know, like 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 it's no big deal. Yeah. All right. Uh speaking of guys acting like it's no big deal, the Cardinals are not the only team in the NFL dealing with that issue. We saw a stunning lack of accountability from Jets quarterback. Zach Wilson after Sunday's loss to the Patriots. Is he now losing his starting job? We'll take that up next on this Tuesday edition of PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 